Hello and welcome to Praying on Purpose. Well, as we all know by now, and I'm sure everybody knew before this conversation started, davening is not easy. It is quite challenging to create and to maintain a meaningful prayer, a really enriching tefillah experience over the course of our lives. But if we stop for a moment to think about why is that? What is it about tefillah in particular? What aspect of davening do we find most challenging? I think that many of us would agree that it is connecting with another, specifically connecting with the Rabboni Shalom. In every conversation that we have, having a meaningful connection in which I am facing another person, often looking at another person, engaged in some sort of dialogue in which there is a back and forth, that is what keeps the sort of dynamic that is necessary for every meaningful conversation to keep going. So in order to create that, in order to maintain that over the course of a tefillah, several times a day, day after day, week after week, over the course of our lives, that is something that is challenging, and it really requires great effort. Chazal understood that. They did not assume and take for granted that it's easy, and so therefore they direct us very explicitly, as the Gemara in Sanhedrin teaches, Hamispalel, one who is davening, He has to see as if he is standing before the Shechina, as if the king, his father, We'll talk another time about the different ways that we relate to the Rabbana Shalom, but then I am speaking to another. I am not standing in a vacuum. and I'm not standing by myself. I'm not addressing the wall. I am speaking to another. And so therefore, it seems to me that one of the most important words that we say again and again and again in davening is the word ata. You know, last week we spoke about the word baruch, which of course is the beginning of every bracha. And we recite that word many times throughout the avenue. Often, not always, but Baruch is followed by the word Ata, which means you. And that's a word that just sort of rolls off our tongue. We just say it. We don't really think about what it means because it's not a particularly profound word. It's not really something that uh, seems on the surface to uh, symbolize and to represent some really, really extraordinary concepts. It's just you. We say you so many times throughout the day. But when we are davening, to say the word Ata, you, is actually quite profound. And if we can slow down when we say that word and just think about what I mean, what I'm supposed to feel, what is going through my heart and my mind when I say that word ata, so we tap into, I think, what is perhaps more than anything else most challenging when it comes to davening. We've all had the following experience. You know what it's like when you're on the phone and you're speaking to somebody for several minutes and really uh, unloading and you're, you're, you're talking about something that is very personal, very intimate. It could be that you're very upset about something. It could be very excited about something. It could be that you're sharing with this individual some important, critical feedback about something. And you're going on and on for several minutes. And then you realize that the call was dropped, that there was no one there. I was speaking to myself. That feeling for each and every one of us can be a very, very frustrating feeling. And I don't believe that it's because we just say, oh, I just wasted two minutes. That's not what it is. We waste two minutes all the time. We're very comfortable with wasting two minutes. What is it about that moment when you realize, I, I, I was just talking to myself because there's something that's so uncomfortable. There's something that just seems so uh, it, it's horrifying about the thought that I was, and, and we reconnect with that person 
And I know for myself, the first question is I ask is, how long was I talking to myself? Which is more than just what was the last thing you heard me say so that I can pick up where I left off. That feeling that I was talking to myself is something which is a very uncomfortable feeling, especially if you did not think that you were talking to yourself. Okay, every once in a while, there may be benefit in engaging in cheshman and nefesh, which involves some sort of internal dialogue. But if I think that I'm speaking to another, but I realize that I'm talking to myself, that is a very uncomfortable feeling. And I ask you to consider the possibility that often when we dive in, that's exactly what's happening. We are, we know that we're talking to another. We know that that's why we're here. I've showed up with my feeling, with my sitter, and I'm ready to go. And I'm reading from the book. Why? Because I'm talking to you. But do we really, really, really feel that we are talking to another? Do we really feel as if we are connecting with another? And how difficult and how challenging that is. It is difficult enough when we talk to other people. We find it particularly challenging today when many, many people struggle with this. And interpersonal relationships have been impacted greatly with the introduction of technology. Smartphones in particular, very often when I'm speaking to another person, I'm multitasking, and my mind, my eyes, my ears, they're elsewhere. It's challenging enough. Al-Achas Kama V'Kama, when addressing the Rabboni Shalom, Melech Machayim Lachim, who, let's be honest, I cannot see, and I don't hear, at least not in the way that we normally do, I don't hear responses. So that's a very, very extraordinary challenge. Rabbi Yochan Medzakeh, the Gemara tells us, when he was on his deathbed, uh, he wanted to give his students a bracha. The Gemara tells us that his students came to visit him as he was leaving this world. Rabbi Yochan Medzakeh lived to a very old age, and he was a very sagely figure, an extraordinary individual, and he was imparting such an important part of his Mesorah to his students. So what did he say to them? Says the Gemara, It should be his will, the will of Hashem. It should be his will that you should fear God the way you fear other people. Meaning the reverence that you display to others, that's the exact way that you should revere God. So his Tamidim said to him, Ad Khan, that's it? We should fear God the way we fear other people? Doesn't that, that sound so backwards? Shouldn't we fear God and revere God more than other people? Amr Lehem, Rabbi Yochum said, Halavai, Halavai, you should fear God the way you fear other people. Tehidu says, just take a look around. Human nature is that when we are about to do something we shouldn't do, we look around to see if any person can see us. That is our experience as human beings in this world. We relate to other people Somewhat naturally, we are aware of their presence, but awareness of the Rabbanu Shalom, that is something which takes great effort. The Tanner of Yocham and Zakai realizes how difficult and challenging this is, and so therefore his final words to his students are, I give you a bracha that you should recognize HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you should relate to him in this way, at least the way you relate to another human being. And of course, this is not easy. But I think that the... the um, pathway, the gateway, if you will, in prayer, in which we are prompted again and again and again to recognize this challenge and this opportunity is that word atah. There's a lot that we can say about the word atah in, con- in the context of davening, and Blinether, we're going to come back to this and talk about it more. But just on the most basic and simple level, just to think about what that word means. And maybe when we do, we sort of encounter the aspect of prayer that is, that is in fact, most challenging. We can realize inside of ourselves why it is that this experience can sometimes be so difficult. Because do I really feel like I am talking to another, to another being? Do I feel like I am actually engaged in a conversation? Or do I feel like I am just reading a book, like I am reading words? 
Prayer is not supposed to be a reading experience. Davening is not supposed to be, I am just, uh, you know, I'm just, you know, it's not, it's not a, an exercise in learning. That's not what I'm doing. I am speaking to another. I am engaged in a conversation. Baruch Atah Hashem. And that word Atah really, I said, I think captures so much. You know, the Ramah, in his first comment in Shulchan Aruch, we know that throughout the Dalit Chelke Shulchan Aruch, the Ramah, uh, has sort of a running, we call it, a, it's, it's technically a running commentary. We don't view it as a commentary. We view it as sort of part, part of the text. So the Ramah, in his very, very opening uh, comments in Shulchan Aruch, literally, Simon Aleph Arachayim, he quotes from the Rambam, uh, who writes at the end of Sefer Moravuchim, quotes from the Pasuk, Shivisi Hashem Negdi Tamid, which is a difficult Pasuk to translate, but Shivisi Hashem Negdi Tamid, I place God before me at all times, Says This is a klal gadabatora. This is a very, very important principle in life. People who follow the ways of God, they realize how important it is to place God before them at all times. Now, why is it that the Ramah begins Shulchan Aruch? That's not, at least on the surface, it's not a halacha. What does that have to do with anything? So the Mepharshim on the Shulchan Aruch explain that when a person lives their life in accordance with the laws of of halacha, when halacha governs their life. So what will happen over time is that they will have this renewed and strengthened awareness that I am not living alone. When I live a life which is self-disciplined, uh, when I live a life in which I conform and I, I adhere to a set of laws and values that are not only from within, but from without. So it helps me strengthen my awareness, my realization that I am before another. But there's another aspect to this as well, and that is that I think the Ramah is really teaching us that it is possible for a person to go their entire life and be a Shomer Torah Mitzvah, that a person can observe all the halachas of Shulchan Aruch and still, still not realize and remember, or not adequately realize and remember, not enough that I am standing before another. So we shouldn't assume that just because I wake up in the morning and I recite brachos and I wash my hands and I go to Davin and I do all the mitzvahs in accordance with the laws of Shulchan Aruch, that it's to be assumed and given, and naturally, if I do that, automatically, oh, so the memela will experience shivisi Hashem l'negdi tamid. It's not the way it works. It doesn't happen automatically. And so therefore, the Ramah tells us from the very beginning, shivisi Hashem l'negdi tamid, there is no substitute for engaging in the effort of placing God before me at all times. And mere adherence to halacha, as important as that is, will not in and of itself automatically create that awareness. It will help support it, Without a doubt, it will hopefully enhance our ability to create and to strengthen a relationship with the Rabbana Shalom, but it's not going to happen automatically. It's just not the way it works. Shivisi Hashem Tamid says, If we really, really, really want to achieve this, we have to work for it. And it seems to me, once again, that the place that starts is with the word Atah. We say this word many, many times throughout the day. And I'm not referring merely to our interactions with other people, even if not especially what I'm looking to highlight when we speak to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we say Atah, you, and when we say that word, we should really, really remind ourselves and think about the fact that one of the most difficult and challenging aspects of prayer, but the one that can ultimately be most rewarding is creating that connection. Creating that connection. I'll just, I'll just conclude with, with just a thought that just popped into my mind right now, and that is you know, we all have cell phones I'm assuming, uh, and if you have a cell phone, you know how frustrating it could be when you're in a when you're in a place and there's weak service. And you know we we, we all know that feeling of sort of walking around and trying to find I need another bar, I need another bar. But how many bars do I have? 
we should have a way of sort of taking an eternal reading of our own connection with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And when we come to davening, we want to have at least five bars, four, three could pass. But if we're coming to davening, all I got is two or one or less than that. It's like no no service. Yikes. I can't daven with no service. <laughs> no pun intended, right? Service requires service. There has to, <laughs> you got to think about that more, right? It, it requires service. I have to be there. There has to be that connection. So th- this is this is a very, very important aspect of davening. Maybe you all be zochet, to work on ourselves, to be able to truly strengthen that connection so that when we come to davening and we turn to Hashem and we say, you, we really, really feel like we are connecting with another. Thank you so much and have a wonderful day. Ich bin ein Nachnummer,